Welcome to the Board Game Snobs Podcast. Critically harsh reviews with a touch of class. And well, what? What, <laughs> what was that? That was Siri. Oh, why are you doing that, man? That's weird. I was trying to find out how to say go in Icelandic, but I can't even understand it. Go. Go in Icelandic. That's mush. <laughs> <laughs> that means go faster. Must go faster. This is the Board Game Snobs podcast, a podcast about board games that's that's uh, culturally sensitive. As always. To our dear uh, Icelandic listeners. We love our Icelandic listeners. Uh, I like ice in my drinks. I like to hear the clink and clink of the glass. What you got there? Tea. I'm, drink- I'm drinking a new type of rum called 869 or 896, something like that. Uh, it's a dark spiced rum. Uh, it's not as good as Kenichi to me. Uh, it's 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 okay. It's okay. Kenichi's not that great. Whatever. The, well, Kenichi's not that great, but Kenichi is cheap, and I like my rum cheap because I generally mix my rum and don't drink it straight. So, what do you mix it with? I'll just coke, just rum and coke, uh, mojito stuff classic. like that. Mojito, mijito. It's like my son, mojito. It's like more sons. Like uh, Morrison, the guy, the singer, the songwriter. Yes. Wasn't that the singer for The Doors? Uh, did you have banter? I know you like, you know, what? what is what is on bestlifeever.com today? <laughs> well, let's check it out. Did you know that, um, oh, yes, I did have it pulled up. Oh, no, wait. That's what I get for having too many places I write my notes at. You've got notes? No, not notes. Just like if I see an article, I save it to my day one diary app under sub journal board game snobs. Uh, This is under, uh, no, this is ranker.com, my second favorite site. True stories that were too ridiculous for historical movies to include. So, like, uh, the first one it has wasn't that great, but it says Amadeus, the movie omits the fact that Mozart once wrote a song literally titled Kiss My Donkey, you might say, or But. Mozart apparently wrote several songs like this and meant for them to entertain his friends. This is like Lick Mink I'm Arsh <laughs> was still included in an 1804 compilation. But apparently he was just able to kind of do what he want and that angered Antonio Salieri because uh, Mozart was like the wild card of composers apparently. <laughs> I like I like how you couldn't uh you couldn't say go in uh Icelandic but like you nailed the the butt kissing song. Oh, I don't know that I did. <laughs> only uh, uh pretty- only our German speakers will. But this is the one that was of course near and dear to my heart. Gladiator cut a scene where Maximus makes product endorsements, which gladiators really did. They did? What What were they What were they endorsing? It says uh, they were something like the professional athletes we have today. When they weren't fighting, they lived in a relative comfort and received the best possible medical care 
And the most successful gladiators could become so popular they actually endorse products, just like Jordan or Serena Williams. Gladiators would so lick, like what? They, they would. It's ag- so like Maximus was like, I don't always drink, but when I do, I drink Dos Equis. Out there after he just cut somebody's head off. <laughs> Can't get the blood out of your clothes after a good match. <laughs> um, he says they would in- directly endorse products to the masses before their fights. It's one of the earliest versions of marketing in history. I know, but which products? I need to know. Olive oil, obviously. Let's see. What is Rome? What is uh, Italy? Pizza. I bet, I bet, maybe, no. Maybe he, oh, before, before I get in a hard match, I carb load with Mazio's <laughs> pizza. Mazio's tastes like cardboard. They ain't no way they were endorsing Mazio's. Mazio's giving him the thumbs up from the stands. All the Mazio's fans up there, don't let him die. Don't let him die. We get a 10% discount if we say Odysseus sent us. Maximus. 10% discount code. Just say Maximus. Uh, This is Commander Shepard. Whispered in his ear. This is my favorite spot on this. Oh, yeah. Uh, That's weird. That's super weird. Go ahead. Is that all the banter you've got? Uh, there was a movie. I haven't heard of this movie. Maybe you have Downfall. Apparently about Hitler. Downfall. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Says Downfall never mentions the Fuhrer's extreme flatulence. Did you know that he was notoriously gassy? <sighs> Who says? Hey, uh, Ranker.com, as far as I'm concerned. I know, but how, what evidence is there that <laughs> Hitler had issues gastrointestinal issues it says the medical records written by the chancellor's private physician theodore morrell morrell show that this Mm -hmm. particular patient sought treatment for both excessive flatulence as well as constipation maybe that's why he was having so many bad ideas (laughs) to treat this dr morrell described prescribed dr coaster's anti-gas pills a remedy that contained strychnine it didn't work oh man strychnine he's trying to kill him Yes, oh, yes, my sure. This is what you should take for um, your situation. The uh, the Osfarts? <laughs> That's actually German meaning exit. If you're in Germany and you're driving a vehicle, that, that fart means to exit. So that's like their exits, if I'm not mistaken. Mm, look at you speaking German. Yeah, I know. I know these things. I think somebody told me that. I don't know if that's true or not. But it's like it's not spelled like the word. It's spelled like R, like the English spelling of it. It's like F-A-H-R-T, something like that. It means like drive out or exit or something like that. Yeah, it makes sense. That's probably where it comes from. I mean, you know, it's coming out your butt. So it's exiting your butt. That's on the Autobahn. The Osfart. Osfart the Autobahn. I think somebody was pulling your leg. I mean, that's just an Osfart. Uh, <laughs> they just put it. You can feel accent. free. <laughs> you could feel free to Google that. I know I'm not wrong. Oh, never. Well, our German listeners will back me up. Anyways, can I move on? Is that enough banter? I think we've covered Hitler, flatulence, gladiators. Done. And yeah, we're good. Need those bloodstains out? Use olive oil. From the Gauls. Maybe he sold gauze from the Gauls. <laughs> Need to wrap that wound? Use Gauls. And he would just take, you know, the clothing off a Gaul he just slayed and wrap it around his wound. That's where it started. I would like to take some time to speak on a game that we just played the other day. A game that was very heavy. On Mars. 
Now, we talked about it in a previous episode. You didn't even like you, a, a segue. You just like, bam, no. just like went into it. I hard merged that one. Where hard. are my bumpers? What? Bumpers. You're supposed to have bumpers made for us for different segments. You've never sent them to me. Oh, yeah. Like that whole professional thing where like we do this thing and yeah. it cuts out and we move to the east segment. We're moving on up. I had... I know, we're supposed to have... Oh, that reminds me, I'm supposed to do a commercial, too. Oh, God, I keep forgetting. <laughs> Don't you? You're, oh, my God. See, here we go. Being forced to do crap now that you got us in something. I did, and I, we can't get out. Like, I talked to Ryan, and he won't, let us, he won't let us out of the network. Like, I asked him, I said, this isn't working for us. Like, we're not... And he said, no, we can't leave. He said, you can check out anytime you want, but you can never leave. Just, just let me get this commercial out of the way. Just give me a second. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> The Gateway, oh God, I can barely do this. The Gateway Network. It's not as good as the Dice Tower Network, but at least it's better than nothing. Do you enjoy mediocre podcasts created by people who have nothing better to do? Then you'll love thegatewaynetwork.com, where you could listen to other highly unprofessional content, quote unquote, creators of board game media such as the gamecasters hosted by jeff natalie and ryan where they discuss their relationship issues while playing board games that's the gamecasters for you check out the gateway network is there any is there is there any other podcast on the network or is this just a ruse for him to get us to promote their show no, they got those <laughs> fantasy and some flight guys. You all, you're always talking to them on Instagram. Uh, I mean, I, they're on Instagram. Yeah, I don't know about always. I'm familiar. Well, they're always miss. They're always commenting on your posts. I assumed you were friends. <laughs> that's well. That's how it works. We are friends. Yeah, Nelson and Dalton. I think is Superboard Sunday. Are they in the network? Uh, yeah, but I don't. God knows. God knows. Date night dice. I hear them talk about them. It's like podcasts, Instagram people, YouTube people. The, I, I don't. I don't know what all's on there. The best thing about Superboard Sunday, and the thing that I like the most about their podcast, is when is it's over. Hey, <laughs> if you listen to their podcast, you get a discount code for that upstart board gamer who's got all the kickstarters that have already shipped and you can get a discount that's the only reason i listen to their their podcast oh. that and and frankie's soothing voice very soothing like we'll put you to sleep thank god for frankie he's the only saving grace of that podcast god save frankie on mars this game is heavy. It's a Vital Asserta game that came out in 2020, and its current weight on BGG is 4.6. Don't hold that against it. Some of us can't help it. We're, we have bad genetics. Well, this game, it's not as genetics where I have a, what I have a problem with. Uh, actually, I'm going to withhold my thoughts. I'd like to hear what you think about it. Right now, you're just tossing me up here. Tossing me to the wolves. Throwing it out there. You give us your unsolicited. Well, actually, I am soliciting you. I'm soliciting you. Give me your opinion. Your solicited opinion right now. <laughs> My Go. solicited op opinion is, of, well, I guess it's just a matter of relativity, as is time. Um, on Mars, 
is probably, no, it is at this moment, the favorite of the three Lacerda games I have played being Escape Plan. Is it Escape Plan or just Escape? Escape Plan. Escape Plan. Escape Plan, The Gallerist, and now On Mars. The Gallerist, I enjoyed the little easel, the paintings. It's it's a pretty, all his games are pretty. All his games were very high quality production. If you say Lacerda, the art is going to be good. I'm not sure about that on Lisboa. That looks like a blue barfing, but apparently it's still pretty. I haven't played the game, but all the pieces are sturdy, nice wooden meeples. They even have a little bit, you know, uh, like your guy has a little bit of stuff painted on the wooden meeples. It's not just a wooden chunk. Um, the boards are nice and pretty. Uh, there would junk. The, the cardboard is thick and juicy. Um, the cardstock is of good stock. Um, very tannoy. Very tannoy. Very tannoy. Uh, but on Mars, I enjoyed it. It was, and you know, you were talking about how heavy it was and how many rules there are, and of course, you read the rule book so you would know. And you go through. Well, we're going to get into this more on the other subject that we're going to discuss later on. But uh, yes, I enjoyed On Mars thoroughly. Escape Plan, I was kind of iffy on, even when we discussed it at the uh, BGG when we played it there. The Gallerist was didn't I? I mean, I enjoy most games. Like I don't hate them, but if I'm putting it on a uh, compared to the others, this one is above the others. We have yet to play Lisboa. We have yet to really play. Uh, you had Kanban, Kanban, but we never played it. Venus, you have Venus. On Mars, I like. I like it. It's actually, it's set up right now on my table for me to solo. I broke it back out again and have it all set up, ready for me to solo it. See how I like it that way. Well, I, I liked what I liked about On Mars was, and, and, it was very troublesome to learn. The rule book is very intensive. There's a 45-minute video that you can watch that really thoroughly explains it. But even then, there are certain concepts of the game that are hard to grasp. I had to play it twice by myself, just setting it up and mimicking a two-player game to really come to terms with what the strategies were. And even then, it's still a very complex game. Uh there are certain mechanics on it, and that's what I really want to talk about was the feeling of the mechanics that I thought were interesting. And so, of course, the, the theme of it being that you're trying to create a colony on Mars, and the whole hook of the game is you're traveling back and forth from Mars, from the planet floor up to a space station. And on the space station, there's five actions, and on, on Mars, there's five actions, and you're doing those actions to kind of build this colony up. That mechanic I thoroughly enjoyed because sometimes Enrique was on the space station. Sometimes I was down on the planet. We were each doing different things. And you had to really plan out. I'm going to run up and go to the space station and get the certain materials and blueprints and technology that I need. And then I'm going to run back down to the planet and I'm going to use those materials. And you could only really travel back and forth efficiently when the uh, shuttle was making its rounds. There's other ways to travel, but it really costs you to do so. I like that mechanic. That was the main mecha mechanism of the game, and I thought that was rather intuitive. You, I mean, we're discussing on Mars again because you just soloed it. Well, actually, you didn't even solo it. You played 
what do they call that? A two-handed, two-player, whatever you want to call it. Right. And and we played it. And so that's really what got me interested in it, is that us playing it as a three-player game and seeing how the mechanics all meshed together and how everything was, how it all came together. Uh, I just thought it was just an interesting, just overall, the mechanics of it were really all tied in well together. I just had issues with all the little bitty bits and pieces that were tacked onto it, the extra rules, so to speak, of the game. Uh, for instance, there's two separate other boards out to the side of the main board. Uh, one being where you'll go and get scientists, and these scientists basically act as in-game scoring points. And you could also use those scientists to go to buildings that other players have even created and do those actions for free. That seemed like a whole nother aspect of the game in itself, and it added another layer of complexity. The same thing was true with the blueprints. The blueprints were the main way for which you were kind of claiming tiles and parts of the colony as your own, having to build these blueprints. It just seemed like there was just so much going on in this game. It was hard to really wrap around and come up with a clear, cohesive strategy at times. It seemed like you, you couldn't think too far ahead in this game. But the game wanted you or needed you to think that far ahead. Maybe that was just me. Uh, no, I mean, it's definitely a game that requires more than one play for you to get a real grasp on what you're trying to do. I mean, it wasn't, I mean, probably three quarters of the way through the game. I'm like, oh, this is what I'm doing. Because up until that point... It's like you have explained all the actions. I'm getting all the actions. I understand the actions, but I'm not understanding how they work together to earn me the in-game victory points. And even when you're going over the in-game victory points, I was like, oh, I should have done that more. And I see how this leads to that leads to this. So I kind of done that. Yeah. And I think and, and just for the audience's edification of this it took me an hour to teach you and Enrique how to play this game and we played a three-player game of it in two hours and 40 minutes and I feel like if we were to set that game back up and play it today it wouldn't take as much it would take us about the same amount of time to play it I think that we were moving along pretty good it's just the strategy of what you're you should be doing it's hard to it's hard to connect the dots in this game is what i'm saying it it's really a game that takes several plays to really be able to see the beauty in it uh what was your overall thoughts of the game did you enjoy it yes mm that's a deep thoughts there <laughs> you said overall thought then you said did you enjoy it that's a yes or no question yes Okay, what's could you could you elaborate? Oh, you want elaboration? Well, I, what I want to say is too connected to. We're, are we going to have the heavy game discussion on this podcast? Yeah, let's talk about that. Okay, so, let's let's go ahead and not hard merge, but soft merge. Sometimes you can't always hard merge. You can soft merge. And the topic that I wanted to really bring up on this podcast was concerning weight. Because we've already had a podcast on On Mars, even though it was your solo. We played it three game. You haven't really said, do you like it or not? You tell me. I want to talk. I want to talk about this for a second. And this, this is, this is, this is, this is important, I think, for us to understand fully. And I would be interested in hearing what the audience has to think. Uh, When we talk about a game that's heavy and we discuss its weight, I find that 
when I'm saying that a game is heavy, I'm alluding to how much time it took me to learn it and how many mechanisms are involved in the game. And so, obviously, once I have learned the game and I don't need the rule book anymore, I've, I'm comfortable with the game, I still recognize this game as being heavy. I still recognize there's so many mechanics and they all intricately tie in a certain way. And so to play this game, you must understand that this mechanism ties into this, ties into that. I'll use On Mars as an example. The mechanism on On Mars of having enough resources is important. So getting resources from the Adipo is important, but also realizing that you get resources when you take blueprints is important oh and taking blueprints is also very important and getting them built before the end of the game is very important and utilizing your workers and moving them into the workspace shop so that you can do that action multiple times over and over and over and doing that efficiently all that's very important on mars has so many working bits and all of them are equally important that you must do well for your engine to run that's how I measure whether a game is super heavy. And I think On Mars is probably one of the heaviest games I've ever played. I think that probably in terms of connecting the dots and how intuitive it is, On Mars... Uh, yeah, I, I, wouldn't you say that On Mars is probably the heaviest game you've ever played? No. What's, what's, what's the other game that you would call? Um, actually, his other one for me was harder to grasp, Escape Plan. And that's why really that's why this whole discussion is, of course, of interest to people, because as everyone usually says, well, that's it's subjective. What's heavy to you mm -hmm. is not heavy. I, when we were playing this game, you did a very excellent job in explaining it. And now, like I said, no, I wasn't like rocking and rolling like, oh, I know exactly what I'm going to do. But I understood how to make the moves and how to play the game. Now, understanding how all of that uh, coagulates together in the end to make you win, that's a different story. But what I did like about this game is that you have one move. You put your dude on the spot. And those spots have other things they do as all of a sudden is like, okay, well, here's your bonus action. You put him in one of, I think it's eight spots, maybe nine. You put your character in one of nine spots. That's it. You get that one action, that turn, you're done. Now, where it goes from there is, once you go to that location, I choose this spot. This spot allows me to then choose 10 to 12 different things from that location that I might need. So that's where the complexity comes in. It's like, okay, this is a spot I go to. But when I go to this spot, I need to choose whether I need oxygen, food, water, batteries, minerals, all this other stuff. That's I like that because it's like it's a simple move. But in that simple move, you have a huge decision to make because it's so you get one, you get one move each turn. You don't get to just keep adding workers, adding workers, adding workers. That's your turn for that turn. Then you have to shift gears and decide whether you're going to go down to the planet. If you go down to the planet, well, how am I going to use what I gathered? How am I going to use the oxygen I got or the water I got? Well, there's so many different ways to use that in each spot on Mars. I can go to one spot, but I could use that oxygen in any of those spots. I like that a lot. I, I do too. Um, 
But I think On Mars is, is an amazing game in its design. Uh, it's a game that, of course, I would not recommend to many people. And, and I'll, I'll touch on that here in a moment. But to address your thing about Escape Plan, Escape Plan for your information on BGG is a weighted as a 3.6. On Mars is weighted as a 4.6. I just think that the whole heavy thing, I mean, there are, I mean, yes, all his games are heavy. They're heavier than Stone Age, clearly. I mean, the, right. the, 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 the moves to make are way more complex than I'm gathering brick, I'm gathering wood, I'm building a house. That's five points. I'm gathering that brick, I'm gathering wood, I'm building whatever. That's 10 points. It's way more than that. So clearly, it's heavier in that regard. But for some people, just learning games the first time, yes, Stone Age is more complex than Sorry or Aggravation or Checkers. So that's that whole subject. But for gamers in the hobby, as are most people that are listening to this podcast right now, they know what we're talking about. Yes, Lacerda games are on the heavy end, uh, apparently the very heavy end. But it kind of gets to a point to me where, I mean, brass, to me, brass was harder than this. Like, I forget how to play brass every time I go back to it. Really? Yeah. Really? You think brass is harder to learn than on Mars? Not, not learn. To me, remember. I, I would, uh, and I'm glad you brought that up. I'm glad you brought that up because my wife will thank you for this because we had a, a discussion regarding working memory and board games just the other night. And so, uh, and to address what you said there, and this is what I want to, to, to kind of lay the foundation for. When I, as I brought out earlier, when I talk about a weight of a game, am I referring to how hard it is to learn, or am I referring to how much strategy is involved, or am I referring to how hard it is to remember the rules? So the other day, uh, my wife, who is not a board gamer, she doesn't particularly enjoy board gaming. She's often said, "This is not fun for me. This is not entertaining." We're just, she, she just does not derive much enjoyment from playing board games. Uh, we had played several family level, very lightweight games. Uh, Botswana with the kids. And I think I posted that we had played Blue Lagoon. We even played Sprawlopolis. We had just played some very nice lightweight games. Queen's Domino. Things that kind of got her in, in this, this idea of playing board games and we had this discussion of what's considered heavy, what's considered light, what's family weight games. I had just brought home Brussels 1893, I believe is the title. Brussels, the old Z-Man game. Very dry Euro. Medium, heavy Euro. And I said, well, I need to learn this game. Will you play it with me? And I said, this is something you will not enjoy. So just play it and look at it as an experience. And let's just see. This is see what you think about it that's a great opening line yes and she played it almost beat me at it because my wife beats me at every board game we play uh, matter of fact this is probably one of the first board games i've actually beaten her at she beat me at scythe when it first came out i, I set up scythe and we played it twice just to kind of work out the bugs and she beat me at it um like i, I she just remains undefeated for the most part except for this game she brought up this point of saying is this game considered to be difficult or i.e. heavy because it's so hard to remember the rules? 
there's so many different things going on. She says, my thing is you have to have a good working memory. And of course she uses a lot of jargon because she homeschools kids and that's kind of what her, kind of what her expertise is, is in teaching Um, that just because somebody can't remember something doesn't mean they don't know it. It doesn't mean that they're dumb. It doesn't mean that they're ignorant. Thank you. And and I said and I brought you up. I said, you know, Gobby has one of the worst memories of any person I know. Every game we play, <laughs> this is new. Huh? Yeah, it's like I love this game. He'll he'll talk about. I, it says I literally have been in a room where Gobby has told somebody, "This is my favorite board game." And then open up the board game and have no clue how to set it up. Doesn't remember half the rules. And I said, Gobby has a terrible working memory. But as you play a game with him, it comes back to him. It's like he has to relearn every board game. And he asks the same stupid questions over and over and over. And I said, that's that's my experiences with playing board games with you. And I said, so I've just, I've just realized is you, you have a poor working memory. And she made the point. My memory is lazy. Some people. Well, some people will say that a game is heavy or hard because they have a poor working memory. There's just your brain can hold three different mechanisms. I I can understand this rondelle affects the resources and the resources affects my engine building. But after I add that fourth mechanism in of area control, the game is now outside of what I can handle. It's like, I'm, I'm going to be inefficient. So like in on Mars just to give you an example, there's resource management, there's worker placement. There's all these fiddly rules regarding the workers and the resources and the tile placement. And just back and forth, the scoring alone, there's so many different ways to score in this game. Well, that goes with, uh, the end game scoring we scored the game i won we were all within like eight points of each other i won jerry was just a few second scores behind i forget it was like 71 68 enrique was like 60 we're sitting there talking about the game rehashing discussing what we could have done what we could have done da, 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 da. and then i say yeah if i hadn't grabbed this card and then played it my next turn i wouldn't have won Jerry says, well, what's that card? Well, lo and behold, it was a card that I played incorrectly. You could only play this card on an action space on Mars that had three of this type of building connected together or more. I played it on a spot that only had one building by itself because I forgot that he said that. I forgot uh, because to start the game out, you can build on... Any action, you can, any building space. It's just any singular building space. But as you progress through the game, well, out come these other cards. You can only build on building spaces that are, as you learn the game, they connect together eventually. You might have a single space, a single space over here, and a single space over here. And then as you move around, well, finally you connect those two buildings into the with the third building in the middle, basically. I, I forgot that. I forgot that I this this is now progressed to a three compound establishment that I should have built and I just built it on a regular. And so then we subtracted my points and gave Jerry the points and he wins. But that's the point is like, oh, well, the game changed halfway through with these advanced set of not change, but I guess it's almost like an era one era two type thing. Mm -hmm. But I forgot. I just forgot that. And so that's that's an important point. So that's what I'd like to kind of 
hear what the audience has to say and really have an idea for us as a podcast. When we talk about a game being heavy, what are we referring to? And I really feel like there's got to be this dichotomy between these two aspects. And I've tried to drill this down as as just to the most basic thoughts that I can where these where, where, where the term heavy kind of bifurcates, and this is what we're talking about. You're either referring to the rules or you're referring to the decisions in the game. So, for instance, Mars, on Mars, would you say that the decisions in the game are hard? No. Or are they rather... No, they're not. I found that the decisions in the game to be quite enjoyable. I thought that this was a neat little puzzle of go up to the space station, get resources, take those resources back down the planet and build stuff. I thought that was great. I thought the decisions in the game were very straightforward. What was wrong with On Mars? What's so... Not wrong, but what's heavy about On Mars are the rules. It's all these little nitpicky things of, oh, yeah, like you you illustrated with the, the building, the upgrading of the cards and various other things that On Mars has. And so you could see how somebody much like yourself that's good at strategy but poor at memory would not in particularly enjoy or do well at this game. You may enjoy it, but you might not always feel like you're doing your best at it. Whereas somebody who has a very good working memory who can capture details in their minds would be very good at on Mars and they could really enjoy the game because they're not having any trouble remembering the rules. They focus clearly on the strategy. So in terms of the weight, when we talk about it, something being heavy on the rules, it requires you to have a very good working memory. Whereas a game that's heavy on the decisions requires you to be rather squared away when it comes to strategy and that is the two areas that I think that heaviness, quote unquote, comes down to when we're referring to a weight of a board game. And I think that's important for us because a lot of times we'll talk about a game being heavy, whereas like like Brass, I don't think Brass is a heavy game. I think Brass is a medium weight game. I can remember the rules, and that's why it doesn't seem heavy to me, because I'm more about the decisions. The decisions of brass are quite heavy. You have to figure out how am I going to build these various areas and connect all the dots. The deci- And I think I can use that as a, as a good illustration. The decisions in R and Mars, to me, were very fluid, very easy to make, decide what I'm going to do. Whereas the decisions in brass are very strategic. Sometimes I have to labor over which area I'm going to go to. The rules in On Mars are incredibly heavy. And it, it taxes your working memory. Whereas in brass, there's two or three rules that are kind of hinky that you kind of have to keep in the back of your mind. But other than that, play a card, do an action. And I think that's important for us to have a clear understanding of when we're talking about rules. And I posted to our Facebook group what makes a game heavy. And it was interesting hearing some of the responses. Mike Poole said, and I, I agree with this, of course, but uh, he says heavy is definitely in the brain of the beholder, but essentially either close to or actual cognitive overload for the person concerned but you can also determine objectively for the average gamer well immersed in the hobby, which is kind of what I was saying with most everybody listening to this podcast is probably a been gaming for a while. Most people that are new to 
gaming, they're looking for new games to play. So they listen to other shows where they just rattle off game after game after game and how they liked it, what they liked about it. But if you're listening to this show, you've probably been in the hobby for a while and you kind of know your baseline of what you like, the style of game you like, what's heavy for you, what's not. Something I was thinking along those lines of what makes things heavy is how much a move that you make in like on Mars branches off after you've made that initial move. So you make a move and on Mars, you have a player board, not just the main board, but you have a player board like many games do have. And then on the side of on Mars is this other thing dealing with the, the space station that you're supposed to try to level up. So say you go to you build a building on the colony of Mars. You place a building out there. Well, to have built that building, you needed to have get one of the resources, either food, water, batteries, whatever. I mean, that's pretty standard. I need this to build that, right? But in on Mars, once you have built that, well, then you go to the side of the board. Well, now I've built this. It's going to level up whatever one of four functions of that game, battery, water, food, and oxygen. Once you get all of those leveled up, then the space station levels up. So that's a move that you can do to earn points is level up different. Those one of those four aspects. Also, in that same side of the board right underneath is if now if you added to one of the compounds and to make it a compound, it has to be two connected pieces or more, right? So to have added to the battery part of it, that means I connected this battery building that I have to this battery building. So now that's two. That's a compound. So now that does another thing where you can another scoring action that you can add your a cube to the bottom. But you have to keep track of, so that's at minimum two other things to remember to do after you've built a building, which like Stone Age, Stone Age, I'm just using that as a baseline here. Stone Age, you build the building, you count the points, you're done. This one, you build the building, but you have to remember to go to this other side of the board after you've built that building and see, did I meet any of these requirements? And if so, remember to mark that somehow. And when you mark that, that may earn you points then, but also points at the end of the game. So it's like this branching of consequences of your action that happen in heavier games that doesn't exist in lighter weight games. And, and, and that's a good point. And I, that specifically, because it deals with scoring, it deals with how many points you're, gonna, you're going to make in connection with the game. And, and Travis Milam, I think I said that right, uh, brought brought up this in the Facebook group as well. He says, when I think of what makes a game heavy, it tends to be a game that has several mechanisms or rules, exceptions, and side cases that needs to be kept track of. Uh, it can also be a game that has a large number of decisions or potential actions each turn, which lends itself to analysis paralysis. So that's exactly what you're talking about. There's so many different little things or side cases or rules that if you don't remember, you could easily cause the game to be uh, sidetracked. Sam Rollo also commented that he really liked the Mogul Scale from the Gaming Moguls podcast. I've never heard of that podcast. They're not a member of the Net Gateway Network. Uh, they rate each game on two weight scales, one to five for rules heaviness, i.e. how much rules there are, exceptions to those rules, how hard it is to teach. The other scale goes from A to E for how deep the decision space is. 
So a game with little to no decision space, where the optimal move is very obvious, would be an A, whereas a game with a wide decision space would be, uh, and lots of complex decisions, would be an E. I would definitely say that on Mars, using this scale, the weight of the rules are a 5 and on Mars, but the scale of the decisions to me would be like a C. It, it, it a made, 5 there, C. There were not that, yeah, yeah, it's not I that like many that. rules, that, the decisions that I made that were I had to labor over. It was more of me laboring over the rules. We have been picking on this game for 45 minutes now, and neither of us had said that we liked it or hated it. What are your thoughts on it? Well, I always hate to make that d- decision after one play, unless it's a game that I'm just completely enamored with. So, uh, but upon one play, I liked it. Didn't love it. I liked it. I think it was, I, I, I really enjoyed it as well. I'm, of course, I'm hesitant to say that I like it. Um, I will say this. It has changed my mind about Vital Lacerda. Like, it has caused me to actually look at getting Vinos Learn so we could play it because I have it. I've looked at Kanban, uh, the EV, the different edition of Kanban, yeah. and Lisboa. Oh, a lot of people talk about what's Lisboa. What's uh, uh, the CO2 game? That's his too. I forget about that game. But this is my thing, and we have <laughs> every now and then we go back. You know, we go back to the heavy board games, and we'll break out a, on Mars or whatever else. But overall, we have said we prefer and enjoy just as much. Games like Barony with a rule book that's four to six pages long and you have your choice of three actions and they're just as deep in their strategy from there as anything else. That's what I prefer with Lacerda, especially Lacerda and many others might do it as well. But Lacerda is a big deal in the board gaming community. He's got people that just love all his games. They collect his games. His games are like art. They, they're, I mean, he's just a thing. He, he is a, a legitimate, and he earns that. He really earns that because these are genius level games. The way he weaves the mechanics together. However, I do believe they're bloated. We could have done without. I would say you could do without the whole scientists, Earth cards, whatever that is. You could even do without the the those cards we had up top. Yeah, uh, the upgrades. The upgrades. Why not just focus on building? I mean, but then the, there goes the heavy and the complexity. Some people might like that. There was pieces you said you didn't even add to the game that I didn't even know you didn't add to the game. The whole space station thing, the the scoring mechanism across the bottom, where if you combine. If you make it a compound of two or more, you can put your little uh, scoring piece here. Unnecessary. He adds so many tacked on, to me, unnecessary things just to add complexity that you could have a much more streamlined, fast-paced game without those things. So that is why I am proposing from here on out, whenever we discuss games, to kind of give our listeners a little better thought about how we feel about a game, to have the trifecta of board game snobbiness. And that trifecta are three areas. The rules, the decision, and finally, the enjoyment of the game. Just to give you an example, and I will utilize On Mars as our first way of ranking this, if you think of this 
what, what do you call those diagrams where it has the triangle where you got each little Venn aspect diagram, each point of it? That's the circles, isn't it? Oh, circles. I can't remember. I've been drinking. Pie chart. I would say yeah, we love pies. What is your favorite pie? Um, 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 chocolate. German? No. You just like chocolate pie. You don't like German chocolate pie. No. You, uh, what about pecan? Mm, too sweet. There's no such thing as pecan pie. It's pecan pie. You are wrong. <laughs> uh, rules on on Mars is a five. I found that that the rules were again just as you brought out. There's too much going on. As a matter of fact, I think. Once you kind of cross that line, the rules actually start taking away from the enjoyment of the game. The decisions in on Mars, I find about about a three, maybe a three point five on the decisions. There were some times where I had to kind of think about what I was going to do a little bit harder, but overall, the decisions of it didn't tax me greatly. It was more about remembering the rules and making sure I had it uh, completely sought out. In terms of my enjoyment of the game. Uh, just initially after playing it, and again, I played it one time, three-player with y'all, and I played it about three or four times solo. Uh, I'm going to say my enjoyment of the game is about a 3.5, about a 3, 3.5. I enjoy it. Out of? I would, out of five. It's just one to five scale. Um, I would say that I would not recommend this game to people simply because of the rule base. If you're the type that really enjoys heavy Euro games and you're wanting to take it up a notch, then yeah, this is a game that I certainly would suggest looking into. I think this is probably the most enjoyable Lacerda I have played. The edition, first edition of Kanban, I didn't really care for. I didn't really care for the Galarus. I enjoyed Escape Plan. I think this is better than Escape Plan. Uh, and so yeah, I would direct your attention if you like heavy Euros to to On Mars. And Paul Grogan does a 45-minute video that really does a fine job of explaining oh, it. Oh, God. See, yeah, no, nothing against Paul Grogan. That's not, I'm not, I wasn't oh god that. I'm were you oh, groaning? I were you know. groaning about Paul Grogan? <laughs> no. I was groaning at the fact that you said 45 <laughs> minutes. That's something I look at in these videos. If That's why I go to watch it played. I'm like, oh, if I crack open this game and this is a watch it played of 30 minutes or more, I'm like, oh, God. That's a, That should be a, a segment for Paul. Groaning with Grogan, where he just <laughs> opens up rule, rule books that they were just sent to him and he just goes, oh, God. Oh. Well, just I was him. thinking along this line, Circadian's First Light. Definitely not okay. a light game. Would you even call it a medium game in weight scale? Uh, uh, it's it's light to medium. It's a light medium. Okay. I would go with medium. I think that's, again, where the whole uh, uh, subject ob- objectivity comes in. But the <laughs> Circadius First Light has that little pop-up screen that literally has the rules written across it. Once you go through the rule book once... All you got to do is look at that thing and it will tell you how to play the game from there on out. It's hard to forget because if you go to step three, well, then, you know, you should have went to one and two first. And it's just very, very simple. This game, there's no way you could do that. Like, I mean, they give you it has a little assist. What do they call them things? (laughs) The little card that tells you what the moves and stuff kind of do. Yeah, the player aid. Player which is aids. Not, uh, yes. yeah, it, it helps out a lot, but it doesn't help you in tying these working parts together. No, it doesn't give you the exceptions to the rules. No, which are which are absent from that little player aid, and that's why it's yeah. 
on Mars is a heavy game. There's no doubt about it. And I enjoyed it. I just don't know. I, I, I You will enjoy it if you are the type of person that's ready to play a heavy game. If you have a good working memory and you don't mind watching a 45-minute video and setting a game out and being slightly overwhelmed by the moving bits. If you've played Robinson Crusoe and went down that that rabbit hole and didn't have a problem with it, then On Mars is for you. I really think it's an amazing game in in terms of its mechanics and how they work together. It just, the world base will hold certain people back. Wonderful artwork and wonderful presentation. The components are absolutely some of the best in the business. Agreed. And, uh, yeah, awesome. So, so awesome what are the, what was the three awesome things artwork. you're establishing for our podcast? Rules, decisions, rules. and enjoyment on a one to five scale. RDE. So the Ready. rules, of course, RDE. See, that's, how, that's what I got. That's what I got. How I got to remember. <laughs> I, what about All memory? Right, there you go. <laughs> What about what? Remembering. I don't know. Memory. All right. Read them. Memory. Read them. Rules are in rules that have to do with the memory. That's your working memory. Oh, okay. So if you can remember the rules, that's that's all part of it. How hard is it to remember the rules? It's like it's like and how hard is it to learn it and to relearn it? So, for instance, uh, I love Concordia. I'm sure there's some rules about Concordia that I couldn't pop off the top of my head, but Concordia is a one-page rule book. Oh, yeah. It takes me a grand total of five minutes to learn how to set up and to play Concordia. R- Those rules quick. are one. R-D-E. Rules. Enough. What's the D-E? There you go. R. Uh, decisions. Decisions. Your working memory is shot. What's the E? Enjoyment. <laughs> I'm I'm done talking to you. This podcast has gone long. This is a Where long episode. I? I'm gone. I'm done. I'm getting me more rum. Actually, it's time for that. What's going on? And that's going to do it for us. Thank you for listening. Thank you. We're a proud member of the uh, network. Board Game Snobs Network. Thank you. That's right. The Board Game Snobs (laughs) Network. We're taking over, Ryan. No, it's going to be the Card Shufflers Network. network. See, now you joined the Gateway Network when all along I had Card Shufflers ready to go. That's enough. I've got to go. All right. Me Sign too. I gotta go oh, too. Doing you always good. make it sound like you're more important by saying I gotta go. Well, I have to go too. Uh, what do you got to go? I gotta to? go pee. That's important. You're a nation. Bye. Thank you for listening to the board game snobs. Stay classy.